everybody, welcome to Hit Rewind, the final entry in the films of 1995. I got Andrew here, and we're going to be discussing the animated, like, Disney stuff of 1995. Of course, can't do all of them, so we just selected five. That's it. I don't know. I don't know why I awkwardly just sat here silently. <laughs> hey. Hi, sorry. Hi. How are you, how you guys doing? <laughs> I should have said something. I was, I was, I was, uh, I was getting, getting familiar with all the intros and everything. Listening to your voice again. It's always good to, to hear from you. Well, it's so funny. Is on the show, you go by Andrew, but in real life, I've only ever called you Drew. And I don't, I, we've never actually cemented down. What, what do we go by? What do you, what do you prefer? <laughs> Uh, whatever, whatever you're comfortable with. Right. I mean, honestly, like I, I was, I was called Drew in the store because there were like a million Andrews. That's right. Months. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I was just like, okay, well, I'll be Drew. So a lot of, a lot of, I mean, everybody that worked with uh, still calls me Drew. I mean, everybody. So it's just something, you know, my like my friends call me a lot. So I mean, hey, you're, you're my friend. Yeah. My friend. So. Like, uh, <laughs> whatever whatever you call me it's, it's all good and of course I have a really common name Michael um, so <laughs> we have lots of people where I work named Michael so everybody has different variations now I go by Cookie, <laughs> cookie. How, how did you go by how did you come that, to that's my cookie? last name <laughs> you didn't know that you didn't know my last name is Cook oh Cook okay well yeah I, I knew that okay I get Cookie out of it I know all right, so let's get the awkwardness out of the way. <laughs> Act like professionals. I don't know if you brought cookies to work or you just always <laughs> eat cookies for lunch. I don't know. No. Um, so let's start off. Well, what's the first selection you want to go with? Um, I mean, we can do like Tall Tale. That's, that's okay. always a, a good one. I went to the theaters and saw a double feature of this and the Goofy movie, and I had a hell of a fun time. Someone told me that it was – I'm wrong, though, that it was um, – Tall Tale and Quick and the Dead, and I'm having a hard time thinking that Disney would allow a very, very violent movie called Quick and the Dead to be with a Tall Tale. <laughs> Especially because Tall Tale is that, that family, like, feel-good type movie. Yeah, I mean, I can see maybe there's a screw-up because they're both Westerns, but, I mean, I'm just going to pretend that it was Goofy Movie and Tall Tale. I think that uh, Patrick Swayze is absolutely tailor-made for a Western, and I wish he had made more. Yeah, yeah, he... he had a really good uh, showing for um, for Tall Tale. I, I really enjoyed you know, seeing him with the big old thick mustache. It was a little different, but you know he, he did it well um, and had had some pretty good uh, company too. And um, was Oliver uh, Platt? Is it? Yep, yep. Yeah, um, which is which is, you know he's almost unrecognizable in all the, the costume and stuff, but uh, he it, it was a really really great uh, thing to see them and have his little like kind of American old western accent going yeah it's kind of a bummer this tanked and after like Dance of Wolves and Unforgiven made a crap ton of money um, all the studios were starting to make westerns again but most of them tanked so it died just as fast as it rose um, but you see all the money on the screen this is back when Disney didn't have 150 250 million dollars to spend on every single movie you know 32 million was a lot for them yeah, yeah and, and I feel like you know, one of the reasons why like this this didn't do as well is because this is a movie a little more tailor made for kids. You know, your main your main uh, heroic person is is as a young a young boy. So uh, it's it's going to be one of those movies that kind of tailors more to kids. And obviously, at the time, like the kids weren't paying for these types of movies. Right, that uh, was the parents. So the um. So it's it's a if you haven't seen it, it's a collection of some of the tall tales that you read as a kid. I, I, I was really big into the tall tales. Did you get these books when you were a kid? 
Um, I remember my, one of my favorites was John Henry, um, and, and uh, kind of the whole tall tale of him taking on the, the locomotive, and, and that always interests me. I did hear, you know, obviously of, uh, of uh, Paul Bunyan and things like that, but John Henry definitely interests me a little bit more, just thinking like, oh, you know, man, like strictly manpower, like kind of overrode, like at the time, like steam engines and things yeah. like that. Um, but yeah, I, I, I was uh, a little more uh, interested in that story than, than a uh, Paul Bunyan or a, uh, you know, Buffalo or a Wild Bill. Pecos Bill, yeah. Yeah. When I was a kid, well, I mean, I'm back in Indiana now, but when I was a kid, the big thing around here was Johnny Appleseed. That was one of those tall tale legendary things because we, we had like Johnny Appleseed Park and all this stuff because I guess he had come through Fort Wayne, Indiana, whatever, and that was a big place where he started planting the trees. And I remember asking my mom, like, who is this person? So she got me a book and then she realized how much I loved it. So she got me these series of books. Some were tall tales like these, you know, like Paul Bunyan and stuff like that, John Henry. Um, and then some were like oh, about like uh, what's the guy who came up uh, Louis Pasteur, you know, like and, and some of them were presidents, and, and so is uh, for a while I had trouble telling the difference between reality <laughs> and tall tales. I actually thought Paul Bunyan was real. Yeah, well, it's funny because I remember you know learning some of these tall tales in school too. So obviously, as young impressionable kids, you you get you get uh, kind of exposed to a lot of these different things, and and whether it's 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 a teaching goal or not but when you're generally interested in things or you know you hear some of these these you know kind of unbelievable feats you, you tend to pay attention to them i mean i i do remember you know like i said with the whole john henry thing i remember that you know more than the the dates of you know the proclamation declaration and stuff like that right right well it's funny is john henry's the one that isn't just like a lot of feel like ego feeding tall tales like well you believe this outrageous stuff or whatever but the parable of john henry is no matter the odds you give it everything you've got you know and i that's that's a really strong story i think that's why it connects so much more than a lot of these yeah and and the the, the great thing about it is i mean obviously like you know uh things like to to be able to have the quickest draw in the west that's obviously a, a really specialized skill or you know, to be able to do some of these things in these tall tales requires things that you know are are, are so much skill ridden or, or physical gifts and with John Henry it's just you know effort yeah. like more than anything like effort and perseverance and and not not believing and quit which I think everybody can kind of relate to and, and everybody has a power of doing that right um, this basically takes the formula of what works with Wizard of Oz. If you think about how it breaks down, it's a lot of the same kind of story. Yeah, um, I, I feel like upon his journey, you kind of come across these these characters one by one, similar uh, to Wizard of Oz and their strengths and how they kind of come together to, to help you know, a, a, a young uh, child uh, or adolescent child uh, try to get get to the uh, I mean, whatever goal they're trying to do. Obviously, in this case, they're they're trying to save the family farm. Yeah, in this, it's not necessarily a history lesson, but there is. I mean, I guess it's a history, not factual history, but how we used to spread stories. And there's a lot of stuff that kind of breaks down history into its you know nuts and bolts. Like you know how Billy the Kid is how. The, the, when you grew up, you know the, that that story was much more like fantastical. 
But over the years, they've done more research and it's got more technical. And like, well, this is what he actually was. This is where he was from, whatever. So it kind of kills some of the the imagination part. And this movie fully embraces it. Yeah, I, I, I think um, what fascinated me was the way that obviously like the locomotive was kind of that, that new thing in the future or, you know, obviously where we're at in, in today's society, something like trains is, is kind of a, a pastime, but back then it was, it was very prevalent and obviously it, 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 it changed the way people traveled, it changed the way goods were, were dispersed and, and things like that. But it was always, it's, it's good to see you know, that kind of that history of the importance of, Hey, this, this locomotive thing, this is a big thing. So we're, we're, you know, we're, we've got a lot of very rich people investing in it and we're going to make a lot of money and we're going to do a lot of the stuff. So it's kind of a lot of the, the beginning of, of, of that corporate type of setting. Yeah. It's funny when, when, uh, when I was watching the movie, I kind of, you know, they, they threw out like, Oh, it's $50 an acre of your, your farm. And, you know, I was kind of like, I wonder, I wonder what that would be like. So like, I, I went through and like kind of looked, looked at my phone and did a little bit of math. And I, you know, I was thinking a farm back then, you know, average anywhere from like 30 to 40 acres, $50 an acre. And at that money at that time was anywhere near like $70,000 or something like that. Oh, wow. money. So, so to think, you know, and, and I remember the funny thing is like, oh, well, that's, that's a lot of money. Uh, one of the townspeople were saying, so I, I, I kind of was like, yeah, 50 bucks is a lot of money. Let me, let me see what it was, you know, that, at that time. So I did a little bit of, of, of digging just to kind of like put things in perspective because I know it's hard nowadays that to hear 50 bucks an acre, not 50 acres. That's not, that's nothing for a farm. Um, but yeah, it was, it was like about like anywhere from, you know, $70,000 and up for, for them to be bought out of their farms. Yeah. That's bananas. Um, yeah. I do, I would say this isn't for young kids. If you're if you like have children and you have the Disney Channel, you want to check this out. I would probably say maybe over eight because there is a couple serious sequences. Yeah, I I, I laughed that uh, uh, you know there's a very uh, a very uh, almost scary scene when when those two like bandits kind of approach him approach the, the you know the main character. And, like oh we're, we're gonna kill him like <laughs> they're fighting over who gets to kill him so it, it can be a lot darker in that sense uh and obviously in that scene in that moment because they're they're getting ready like in, and in a kids movie or at least you know a movie like this put on by disney like you, you know there's a, a death of a character almost like by murderers is something that's not really heard of yeah it's it's something that well i mean we grew up in the in especially in the 80s it was really dark they were testing the waters to see what they could get away with with a pg <laughs> until pg-13 got introduced and then oh <laughs> pull back a little bit but um the second film that i want to discuss is once even darker is tom and huck where i mean they're straight up people do get murdered that they're being hunted uh, i mean it sticks true to the story but i was just shocked that they didn't water it down at all yeah yeah and, and with with a movie like that too like and and a star and they're like like jonathan taylor thomas again like i know we, we've had him in a couple of of things that we've discussed but you know a lot of kids recognize that name and, and that face and you know you, you have his face on the on the cover of a movie poster and you know kids are going to want to go and see it and then you're dealing with like you said murder and then being hunted and kind of kind of like a manhunt for for them at times like where it's like whoa like 
uh, you know, me, me kind of revisiting like, oh man, like I, I, I forgot <laughs> everything that was in this movie almost. Yeah, it's when it's not really Tom and Huck. That's kind of a, a miss sell because if you watch the movie, and of course it's based on the original book, is that it was you know the adventures of Tom Sawyer and Huckleberry Finn's just a part of that story. Yeah. Wildly different than the the Huckleberry Finn with Elijah Wood from a couple years earlier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, um, I I definitely you know rewatching it was just like kind of like in, in awe a little bit like huh like uh yeah oh yeah i forgot this was in there oh yeah <laughs> it was a first time watch for me i remember this movie was cursed because it came out against i think nine other movies on the same day or within a couple days and it just got buried it's a pretty good movie i know that man of the house was his one big hit jonathan taylor thomas i think this is better and i think it deserved more than what it got yeah, and, and unfortunately, like the only thing we have to go off of is, is performance in the box office for some of these movies, and and executives are like, you know, if it tanked, it's because they didn't make it didn't make its money back or whatever the case may be. So it's it's really tough because you know the story could be amazing, everything could be could be going right for it, but because you know it, it doesn't make money, it, it's just deemed as like, oh, it, it didn't do well or it's not. Well, a good yeah, and they never blame themselves. They blame like, oh, well, Jonathan Taylor Thomas isn't a big draw. Are you are you kidding me? He's on the number one show in the world, and he just came off <laughs> Lion King and Man of the House. It's your guys that did it. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, and it's funny because we we talk about all home uh, home improvement. I I watched the documentary about the Dana Carvey show. That, that's that's out on um, Hulu. Hulu or something yeah. like that. Yeah, and um, it's funny because obviously that show was slotted with with Home Improvement, and and as genius of a show as that is, and as funny as a show that is, like just not getting to the right audience or not not being something that was in in mass, like something that was well received. It was you know a, a flop of a show or a horrible show. Uh, but it, you know, there's there's a reason why cult followings exist. Like, cause it, it is something that's good and people enjoy. Yeah, I just remember like Jonathan Taylor Thomas, and I was right past my age group, and I think it was starting to age out of where my sister was. She was fifteen when this came out, almost sixteen. But I remember like that was a big deal, and all the magazines that she was getting it was J- JTT. What's JTT up to? I mean, the kid was a phenomenon, and, and the next generation has no clue because he only did what like five movies and then just left Hollywood. Yeah, the uh, I remember him as a kid. Uh, yeah, I'm a little younger than than you, but I remember him as a kid, kind of on the face of every magazine and like every movie he did. It's like very. The press was kind of all over him. Uh, Lion King obviously was, was a big one, he, even though he's not in it very long, uh, you know, as far as his, his voicing, voicing talents. But, you know, he, he had so much notoriety from that and from Home Improvement and, and Huck and Finn and, and everything that he was kind of in was, was automatically like, oh, like had eyes on it. Yeah, and I think the pressure, I mean, I don't know what he does now, but I, I, the pressure probably was very, very heavy. I mean, there's two other kids on that show, and they weren't getting anywhere near the same attention. Oh, yeah, and, and I, you know, that's the, the thing in the child actor, unfortunately. You, you know, they're, they're successful, they do these things, and then they kind of are, are tired of the business and, and, you know, kind of go on and do different things. Uh, and and we, we lose those talents, or we lose, you know, they lose... Uh, the heart for for what they did because I mean obviously everybody has their own story but it, it's a it's 
it's kind of kind of a shame that somebody that's as talented as him, like you know, he's just not in it anymore. Yeah, and, so, the, and it's sure. also the same for Brad Renfro. I mean, they're both so good in this, and you know, of course, Brad Renfro gave into the whole drug addiction thing, and eventually it, it just destroyed him. Um, but this is a nice little time capsule before all that basically happened. Yeah, and and these 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 types of things uh, with with things that I remember as a kid. Uh, it's it's always nice to go back and revisit some of the things. Like I know, obviously, me being the generation of like Power Rangers is really hard uh, to hear about. Like uh, Jason David Frank's like passing away, and just like man, that was that dude was like my favorite Power Ranger. Of course, you know he's everybody's favorite Power Ranger. So you know the the minute you hear something like that, you kind of go back and, and and enjoy some of the things that you've seen him in. Like I, I went back and, and watched the uh, Power Rangers movie. Uh, the first one that came out because I remember seeing that in theaters and I'm just like you know being an adult it's definitely cheesy but this is a part of my childhood that I enjoy and I love and and I remember some of the same feelings coming back when I was a kid watching it and it's nice to kind of go back in that time capsule and and experience it all over again yeah Uh, it's it's uh and and kids movies were different back then it's just I feel like there's not a lot of kid movies that aren't animated in theaters anymore. Do you remember it was like a regular thing, like once a month you'd get some kids movie in theater. Not all of them were hits, but now it seems like if there's a risk involved, even the animated ones, they seem to go straight to streaming. Yeah, and, and I think obviously the uh, the pandemic uh, kind of contributed to a lot of that as well. Uh, I, I will say the the really bigger movies and, and because I have kids you know I've got to, I've got to pay attention but Ooh. you know like the last few movies we went to go see with kids as a family was uh, The Addams Family animated um, and we just went to go watch uh, The Puss in Boots the, the latest uh, movie that they just came out with yeah um, and and so like obviously like those are those are two kind of well established franchises uh-huh. so it's like if you're not going off of something that's already kind of established and known. Like these things don't happen in theaters. These things get get kind of pushed to Disney Plus and yeah. Hulu and, and all these other things. I think the next one we're going to end up watching is going to be the new Trolls one that's coming out. Uh, it's supposed to be in theaters. Okay, I was wondering if it was going to be in theaters or not. I think it's supposed to be in theaters, but even, I know the, obviously the previous one happened like right when the pandemic happened, so they just they just released it to to the streaming. Um, well, you still have to pay for it, but <laughs> yeah, but it made it made mad money. Um, I mean, because that was when they were charging like, if you wanted to rent it, it was thirty dollars or something like that, oh, yeah. and they made fifty million dollars yeah. in one weekend. So that's the same as what you probably make in theaters. Which brings me to our third film: is do you think the Goofy movie would be streaming now, or do you think they would take that risk in theaters? Uh, it, I think. And it's hard to say because now with Disney, I mean, they can almost put anything out in, in theater form and they have such a following that people are going to go and see it. Um, but to, to try to, like, think of it back in the day and, and this, you know, obviously Disney wasn't the, the huge giant that it is now. I, I don't think, you know, they, they put it out in theaters or they make that risk with it being solely animated. You know, you got to think Goofy is is not obviously a, a main character uh, in any of the any of the things that they've done before this movie. Um, I mean, obviously they introduced the character of Max's son. Um, well, I mean, he's, he's kind of been around, but like as far as character development, who who he is, right, like, right. Like, this is this is a movie that's that's you know almost like a, a second or third type of spinoff movie. Um, 
because it was goofy. I mean, honestly, thinking about the times uh, and, and, and where Disney was at, you, you might, you know, watch a movie or they could have easily did a, a movie about Donald Duck instead of Goofy because he was, you know, kind of a lot more, you know. Yeah, I was trying to think of the tier. Like, of course, Mickey's the top tier, but I would say Donald and Goofy are probably second tier. Donald may be a little bit higher just because, you know, we were just coming off of DuckTales being red hot and then maybe like uh, Rescue Rangers, somewhere like that. So was the Goof Troop already on TV or was this after the movie? Uh, I don't remember and I could be wrong, but I thought the movie kind of sparked everything. Okay, because I'm curious, because if it had already built up a huge... Oh, no, Goof Troop came out, uh, it was 92 and 93, two seasons, so maybe that was a phenomenon and they went off that. But if that was true, there'd be a Darkwing Duck movie, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. I want to see Tailspin on the big screen. I think, uh, I think this is my favorite character of all the original characters. Goofy just has something about him that everybody can connect with. I, I guess the same thing with Donald. We've all been angry and got out of control with our patients or whatever. And then and there's always those moments where you try to be cool or in control and you just, you know, goof it up. And the, But I think what makes the movie so good isn't just the brilliant hand-drawn animation. It's that there's so much heart in it. I mean, it's ultimately, if you strip away all the, the you know, the antics or whatever, it's about a father and son and... and you know, the father wants the kid's attention. You know, he wants to see him still be that little boy that loves him. Yeah, and then this, I mean, as a kid and watching this movie, this is one of my one of my all-time favorite movies. Uh, like, I put it way up there, uh, especially now that I'm a, I'm a dad. Um, not to get too into it, but obviously when I was younger, um, like, I, I didn't have the... the uh, the luxury of having my dad around as much as I did. So watching this movie kind of made me appreciate because uh, we, we've been on trips. We, we did a lot of, uh, he used to live in Vegas. So we used, he used to come over here uh, to Santa Maria and pick me up and drive back. And these kind of like little instances or, you know, in the movie kind of reminded me of like, Oh, Hey, you know, we don't, we don't get to do some of this stuff very often, but you know, like I, I very, I enjoyed the little memories on the road or, you know, one of, one of my really favorite memories of him, um, every time we're on the road, we eat sunflower seeds. Mm-hmm. Like, we eat sunflower seeds, and that's that's something that we just did every time we had these long trips, and it's something I do today, like myself, me and my son do. So, kind of something to pass along, but uh, watching the Goofy movie for me as a kid, like, oh, cool, like, they kind of have, you know, obviously it's just one really huge trip, but they kind of have a little bit of a, of a experience doing doing these things, and of course, me watching it as a younger kid, like, oh man, like, he's so weird. Like, why, why wouldn't he just do what Max wants to do? And yada yada yada. And now, obviously, watching it again as an adult, as a father, as someone who would love to connect with his son, it's like, man, why can't this kid just do what he wants? It's 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 a very funny movie in which your your perspective and how you're watching it can definitely change. And I think that's what helps it stand the test of time. Yeah, thinking about how we were at that age, I mean, I was, I don't know how you were, but I was severely rebellious. And if you tried to tell me what to do or keep me from doing something, I would, you know, move <laughs> the earth to, in order to get what I want and get grounded a lot. And yeah. then, and then like, you know, with, with your kid getting older, you know, they're going to start getting, I mean, once they get to the teenage years is when the rebellious, like, they know everything. They're adults, but it seems like you've got to give them a little bit of credence because you were there as well. And then sometimes you were right as a kid. 
Yeah, definitely. And I know like my, my son right now, he's 12 years old. So he's, he's getting to that point too, where it's like, okay, well, no, we gotta, we gotta do some, some creative things that kind of coexist luckily, you know, with, with what we have and, and we bond a lot through, uh, baseball and doing these sports and, and we have our kind of thing, uh, luckily, you know, and, and I've got a really strong relationship with him in that sense. And, uh, we, we play a couple little mini games on our phones together. So that those are things that we have. And, and in the movie, that, that's, that's the hard thing is, is Goofy's trying to find, find something that he can relate to with his son. And, and he feels like, you know, he kind of blinked his eye and his, his, he's grown up already and he, he doesn't have a way of connecting with him. They don't have their thing together. And, you know, it's a, as a parent, that's a very scary thought to think like, man, I don't have a relationship with my son. And, and getting to the point where you're trying everything you can and nothing's working, and, and you kind of see that in the movie. Yeah, I had I had the exact opposite. I tried to connect to my father. I mean, for decades, and I, I never could. I could never connect to him. So this movie is, it's a little whimsical and sad, a little heartbreaking for me. Not to bring the yeah. episode down. I'm sorry, everybody. <laughs> um, do, have you seen the sequel, Extremely Goofy Movie? I have. I have seen the movie. Um, I think for a while that was the only one that was uh, on Disney Plus streaming. That's weird. Yeah. Um, so I watched it, and uh, obviously a, a little bit of the same type of, of, of themes, uh, but it, it does change a little, like middle, midway, where Goofy starts to have his own life away from his son, and you know, starts he starts kind of growing as as not just a father but growing as, as as a human being too kind of bettering himself in a sense okay well that's a, that's a good idea I like sequels that actually keep moving the story forward instead of repeating all the same fun bits you like in the first one it's like well that it's not really like a series it's just another entry like James Bond yeah have you have you, have you seen it or heard about I, it I saw it a really long time ago and I I went to let's see it was 2019 I went to a convention in Portland where uh, some of the cast reunited and they were talking about it and I remember I was like oh I should go watch the sequel because everybody here seems to like it but I never got around to it I still have it but um, I'll say this Polly Shore never wants to hear you ever ever say Leaning Tower of Cheesa ever again because 12 people said it and eventually he walked out oh man he just left because he couldn't take it anymore <laughs> you'd think with, with all of his one liners like he would be used to something like that yeah but for some reason that one just everybody kept getting in line and just saying it to him he's like did you have a question no I just wanted to do that <laughs> alright I'll go talk to my agent <laughs> yeah alright yeah, yeah the, the second one it's I mean premise wise I mean pretty much Goofy almost you know he follows Max to college <laughs> so Oof, that, that, that's kind of suffocating. <laughs> uh, the other animated movie from Disney from 1995, I think it's the only other animated one, is uh, the big epic Pocahontas. And I know at the time that they were saying this was a flop because it didn't hit the Lion King numbers, but that was a phenomenon. That was something so unique and so different. I just don't think it's ever going to be captured that way again. Has any Disney movie ever made that much attention in, in, in money? Animated? I, 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 think I mean, yeah, I can't until think. you get to some of the Pixar stuff, I yeah. don't think it does. I don't know. I feel like it's the biggest. So everything after that is, of course, going to be a letdown if you expect everything to make $400 million or something like that. 
I don't think it's as good. I think it is kind of lower tier of this era, but it's still pretty good. Yeah, it, it definitely, and, and it's it's a very touchy subject of, of, of course, the whole indigenous battle and, and, and colonization of, of things. Uh, and, and, you know, with Pocahontas, obviously, it, it's almost like a, a, a tall tale in itself as far yeah. as the movie and how, how everything went, because you really can't, you know, you, you really can't um, have some of those some of the things in the, in the kids' movie, but especially an animated one. But yeah, you know, it's really hard to get this idea across, and that might have been another reason why I didn't do as well at the box office because a little off-putting. Yeah, yeah, and, and you know, and, and back then, you know, a movie like this, I don't think has the ability to come out today um, with, with so much focus on like, oh, well, this is this is an indigenous story, you know, what, what can be made that's going to be offensive to, to this group of people or this group of people, or, you know, we're, we're, uh, we're glamming it up. Uh, so it's going to make people upset about it. Uh, yeah. Well, I'm told it, that I need to watch, uh, I think it's called the new world with Christian Bale, which is a much truer version of this story. Uh, it's definitely something I have to check out. Yeah, I haven't seen it. This is the first time watch for me too. This is the one that I just I avoided during this era because it just didn't seem interesting to me. Um, but and also, Mel Gibson would never be cast if it was made today. <laughs> um, but I think like uh, the way it's designed and the songs are really good, and it's just yeah. In general, though, they are doing a lot of whitewashing of this story. Yeah, and and I remember as a kid, obviously this this wasn't something that appealed to me either. But I had sisters, so the sisters, my sisters being younger, that's something that they were into. So we went, we watched it, we we experienced it as a family as well. And uh, and of course the the a lot of the merchandise and and a lot of the uh, toys and things like that, my sisters owned. So it's something that was was around our family a lot. And uh, the music is is very good. Like you know, it's really hard to to sit through a, a Disney movie and not have some of the tunes in your head. Uh, so that, that does a lot for for a lot of the movies that they do. And yeah. the animation, I think, was done done really well. Uh, and and it's, it's kind of different in the sense where you, you, you know, you, you don't have a, a female character who's a princess. You don't have a female character who is a, a glammed up version of, of, oh, I'm a, a, a uh, you know, a, a damsel in distress and I need to be saved uh, so that's what was a, a lot different from this movie as well and I think it, it really had a whole generation of, of, of young girls and women that are like hey you know I, I, I can be this woman as well is this the only movie they've ever made based on fact I mean yeah, it's yes it's an exaggerated fact but I'm trying to think of all their animated movies they always seem to be based off like fantasy books and stuff like that I yeah I mean I, I don't know if 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 Mulan was based on something similar, uh, I know. you know, as far as historically, you know, a, a daughter taking the place of her father in, in war. Yeah, um, that's a much better movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a little. Yeah, it's a little more. Uh, you know, kind of tag one for for all of womankind because that you know takes a lot of guts. A lot of men can do can do what she did, but um, yeah, I think I think maybe that one might be. I'm sure some at some point in history something like that happened. I think they obviously just made it to um, a, a a very you know one centric character. Right. Uh, so another tall tale, basically, like just taking a legendary story and just exaggerating or building upon it. 
Well, and this well, that's kind of like their their uh, special sauce is that they would take like classic stories and reinterpret it, or or you know classic books and stuff like that. Um, and our final entry is a twist on the Mark Twain novel, uh, a Connecticut in uh, King Arthur's Court, which is we know as a king in King Arthur's Court. Yeah, and uh, I believe it was the same same actor from uh, Rookie of the Year, right? Yep, uh, Thomas Ian uh, Nicholas. Um, so this isn't technically a Disney movie. They didn't make this. It was a pickup. Uh, Trimark Pictures made it, but then realized how expensive, you know, how much money they had spent for a tiny studio, and they sold it to Disney. But they did keep the sequel, which I have never seen, called, um, I think it's called A Kid in a Land's Court. Yeah, I've never seen that either. Yeah, it's it was a direct to video sequel. This we almost saw this in theaters, but then uh, for some reason, <laughs> so me and my best friend in college, we were like we watched whatever just interested us. But then we would casually mention that to people, and they're like you're gonna go see a kids movie. You're 18. What are you doing? Let's go see Mortal Kombat. I'm like okay. <laughs> Mortal Kombat. <laughs> uh, Mortal Kombat is just about as good as this one. <laughs> they haven't aged particularly well, but I'll say this. Um, I, I, I get uh I guess I got into it a little bit more than Mortal Kombat when I revisited it because Mortal Kombat is just I don't know uh well besides bad CGI I guess I'm just beyond Enter the Dragon ripoffs. <laughs> I like the new Mortal Kombat though that came out a few years ago that was great. Oh yeah yeah the one that was HBO Max. Yeah the um so Kid and King Arthur's Court it does change things quite a bit it's kind like of reinterpretation of the King Arthur legend because. King Arthur is an old, doddering fool, and he doesn't really have his uh, Knights of the Round table, and he never really had any noble battles, and, and, and Merlin is trapped, right? He's, like, trapped in the fountain, the magical fountain or something like that. Yeah. What's astounding is seeing baby Daniel Craig, who still looks like an old man and however old he was. Good Lord, he looked 50 back then. <laughs> He's, he's got like that Steve Martin type of, uh, he just always looks old. Yeah, and uh, Kate Winslet is in this too, very early on. Yeah. But I, I do like the chemistry that uh, Thomas Ian Nicholas has with the main girl. And, you know, the fun part of it is like, hey, I'm from this time, and I could show you modern gadgets. But I'll say this, CD players, kids, you've never had a portable CD player? They never did that. Lasers don't shoot out of them. <laughs> funny obviously cds are, are almost extinct now you can't get a new one anywhere but um you know it, it, it's definitely i remember as a kid like um taking my walkman to school and trying to fit it in my pocket uh and being able to do so in some jeans but you know uh walking around and, and <laughs> having it skip oh uh, god so. so you had to have that thing on remember when the cd players started introducing like the the stabilizer yeah, and I was like, it's a miracle. <laughs> yeah, obviously, obviously the one that I had as as you know a, a 11, 10 year old couldn't didn't have that kind of technology just yet. So <laughs> yeah, I held on to my cassette player for a very long time because there was no way I was going to deal with all that. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's just a real fun, simple story. The, the weird thing is, Disney did this three times in fifteen years because in seventy nine they did unidentified unidentified flying oddball which is about an astronaut going back to king arthur time 
And then when ABC was doing the Disney movies of the week, they did one with the little girl from the Cosby show uh, called a... No, they did it four times. I forgot. After this, like five years later, is when Whoopi Goldberg did Connecticut and King Arthur's Court. Wow, that's a very popular thing for them to go back to. Yeah, and then maybe, I mean, I don't remember it, but maybe it was some kind of medieval type of kick. Uh, when did when did like Medieval Times come out? Was this around that time? Uh, the restaurant? Um, yeah, like the, the entertainment restaurant? I don't know. I know in the 70s there was a big revival of sword and sorcery because everybody discovered Conan. And that's when uh, like Dungeons and Dragons would star, and then you got all those sword and sorcery movies of the 80s. And I feel like there was a 90s period where it was kind of dead, but everybody knows King Arthur. So that's that's unique to the whole thing. Like you can bring, I mean, King Arthur comes back in one way or another, a movie or a TV show, like every five years. It's crazy how this thing won't die off. I was going to say, I'm sure we'll see something in the next few years about it. <laughs> Wasn't there, I feel like there was a, uh, damn it, um, he played Martin. I can't think of Bad Boys. Uh, Martin Lawrence? Uh, he was in a movie called Black Knight, which I think is the same plot as well. Yeah, 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 I believe so. Uh, it's kind of fun though watching people with you know from modern times go into a different era. I mean, that's why Back to the Future is so much fun, is because you know that juxtaposition. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, and like how many sequels Back to the Future had? Yeah, the uh, I would say this is probably the weakest of the group of movies that we've chosen, but it's still not bad. It's a fun time waster. It's not over long by any means. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think a lot of the, like, I mean, the Kate and King Arthur's Court, uh, I, I'm sorry if I missed it, did you say it was a, was it a straight release, or? Oh, no, it was Disney in theaters, Park? it was in theaters, it was released okay. on Labor Day weekend, because I remember that's right when we first got to college. It did okay, but it wasn't enough for the sequel to go to theaters. Yeah, yeah, and that, I mean, Labor Day weekend, you're... You're battling people going out and camping. Yeah. Well, you remember you remember the clamshell VHS tapes that were a phenomenon. Yes. This seems like one that was constantly like selling in rotation because those you could get a lot cheaper than other movies. Uh, you know, because those are always like twenty four dollars or something that you just go to a drugstore and pick up a copy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Definitely. I got nothing else to say about any of these films. Anything else you want to say? Uh, no. I mean. Uh... You know, '90s, a lot of lot of differences uh, you can do compared to what you can do now. But uh, obviously, because it's the '90s, it's an awesome time. Uh, it's our, our all kind of my generational thing, and uh, loves a lot of these movies. Got to experience a lot of them as a kid, and being able to revisit them has been awesome. Yeah, a few of these were, like I said, absolute first timers for me. Some were revisits. I watch Goofy movie probably every few years. It's an absolute stone cold classic for me. Yes, definitely. Um, so we'll be back in the summer with the 1996 films and thank you everybody for listening and have a good one. Have a good one.